Hello? Good afternoon. This is the FBI calling. You're not in any danger. We just wanted to let you know that we were listening through your computer and the microphone wasn't on the last time Art Farts was recorded. We repeat, the microphone was not on. Good luck with that. Mother f- All that being said, we are a podcast that records literally across the country over FaceTime, Discord. Bound to be some technical issues here and there. We really appreciate you guys sticking around when we do have those technical issues. Thanks for being a farty. Welcome back, everybody. Hi. Yeah, woo! You're listening to episode 15 of Art Farts. Yeah, woo! If you've been with us this whole time, I can't believe you're here still. And if this is your first time listening, then oh. welcome. Then I can't yeah. believe you're here <laughs> I hope you're not behind the wheel of a vehicle, of any motor vehicle. I really hope you are. Just so I can make my little jokes. Little yokes. Should, should we tell them what we do? Should we start with the intro this time? What do we do? Yeah. Instead of jerking off for a minute. What? I oh. mean, when are we going to jerk off for a minute then, though? Because we what? still have to fit that At in. the end, maybe? I can, Is that what I you can guys have been while doing? talking later. What? Well. <laughs> I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> what he said, said. Is that what you guys have been doing during these? Yeah. Have you not? Art no. farts? Don't you get it? No. That's unfortunate for you. <laughs> I we tried to record last night and I wanted to I didn't even start off the the episode this way but I wanted to I want to lick our Pat's butthole. Let's do, oh I said we we're no. gonna intro first. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, the you did start off with that last time. <laughs> no, Hold last on. night. Can you also like uh, clarify who that is? I feel like not everyone listening will be like, oh yeah, our Pat. That's. Robert Pattinson, if you don't know who our Pat is, then, then turn the podcast <laughs> off. I mean, I'm to gonna, I gotta this. say, I've never heard anyone refer to Robert Pattinson as our Pat. Oh, then you're not in the fandom, babe. <laughs> I'm oh, not then in the you're fandom. not. You're, right. you're not linked in. You don't have your finger on the We're applying to jobs now? What's going on? Do you on? even follow? Oh my god, I forgot her name as I was gonna say it. I lost the bit. I don't know. I don't know who you're talking Twilight. about. Twilight. Bella Swan. Why did I forget her real name? Kristen Wiig. I mean, <laughs> Kristen Wiig. Same lesbian. Are you really? In, are either of you really in the fandom? Because it doesn't I, sound like it. I'm in the Arpats asshole fandom. Uh, and so is Kristen Wiig. <laughs> Kristen Wiig. Kristen Stewart. Uh, Stewart. K. Stew, if you will. I won't. Our Pat and oh, K-Stew. Good thing you won't, because there's other people who will. They'll call her K-Stew and our Pat. But Did you just hang up? <laughs> no, but I should have. This is a podcast where we talk about how much Courtney wants to lick our Pat's butthole. Um, and how much Andrew doesn't know about things and Leanne educating us on all of the above. Buttholes and more. I'm sick in the head. <laughs> um... But, but thanks for joining in, everyone, today. This is Art Farts. We're a podcast. If you don't know what a podcast is, then you really shouldn't be listening. <laughs> then how'd you get here? <laughs> um, yeah, what? We're, we're not just an, an ordinary podcast. We're different. We're worse. <laughs> we're, not, we're not three men. We're, we're one angry man and two angry women. And we're all in one trench coat. <laughs> 
and we and we're in a museum and we snuck in and we're 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 just and Robin Williams that, is there and then <laughs> Robin Williams that would be a good that, podcast. Oh, night in the museum I got so scared I was like I yes. made it up and put him in night in the museum I wasn't we were on two different tracks though I was like why is Robin and we're dead. <laughs> Uh, I was on a completely different career. I was thinking about how it would be a good podcast to sneak into places and then see how long you can record a podcast before getting kicked they out. They do that. What's his name? Cole, Cole Hirsch? Hirsch. That's yeah, but don't they do the, the podcast outside and outside, the hypothetically yeah. can't people no not like... Them out. Yeah, can't no one take him out because he's in public outside? They can't record people. In some areas, they can't record people. And then so when people Uh, come up to try to kick them out, they go, we're not recording this. That's just some random guy. We don't know him. He's just recording us. We don't really like it. We're not comfortable with that. And, like, that's how they get away with it. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. We're not comfortable with this. (laughs) We don't like this. Um... So the, uh, this is art. <laughs> it really did take us a while to hit the intro. I thought it was going to be right away. Uh, this is art farts. We talk. We. Oh my god. We are the three farts. We we are idiots. The three of us. Um. We're, we we can call us farts, and you are our farties. And we each week learn a little bit about art history, and then spit it up and regurgitate it for you guys in the easiest way possible. Possible. Well, <laughs> in the worst way possible. Just imagine if you were to like, if you signed up for a college class for art history, and then you you went, but then the professor was was three people who didn't know a damn thing in a trench coat and trying to sneak into the building in a room full of squishmallows. In a room full of squishmallows, and um, and they're probably really tired, and they actually don't have any qualifications, and they just have been using Google this whole time. I woke up from a nap maybe mm, five minutes ago. So I'm drinking alcohol. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say it's like drunk history, but we but we're not drunk. But I didn't want to say because you know you never know. Um, in this case, Andrew is drinking alcohol. Are you really? Yeah. Friday night, baby. Oh, it's Friday night, baby. And where Andrew is, it is nine o'clock. So oh, that's alcohol time for Andrew. It's alcohol time, baby. Oh, well, I, mean, I don't like that as a baby. <laughs> there, it's not, you know, that's alcohol. That's not time. who I am. And where we are right now, it is, it is, it is 5.30, and we Oops. are sipping water. Sorry, I just doxed you guys. I forgot to bring my water. I don't need You can go get your water. Oh, there's no water. <laughs> we ran out of water. We ran out of water, please. Oh, um, I shouldn't jump on that. <laughs> So each week, each of us were <laughs> yeah, canceled. Each week, uh, one of us picks a topic, either a artist, an art piece, art movement, art event, and we regurgitate it for you guys this week. I am hosting. Um, I'm Courtney. I'm Leanne. Oh, we didn't say our names. I'm Andrew. <laughs> we we are saying our names at this minute. Um, right, but we we didn't do we usually do it a little bit earlier than that. We don't do anything on time for uh, anything. Well, we introduced our path. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's so. here with us. He's just shy. Yeah. Um I got the fart board next to me right now. Let's get it going. Let's get us warmed up today with a little bit of a wet fart, okay? Yeah. Oh that that was a mud flipper. Okay, after nasty. after this episode, can you just send me a video of you hitting all of the farts? Because I still don't really know what any of them sound like. Yeah. If you listen to the first seven minutes of our episode of last week, I demo all of them for you with names. I don't want to listen to any of our shows because we suck. 
This is, oh. This is, oh my god. Andrew is our certified hater. If you are new here and you didn't know and you couldn't tell already, Andrew is our certified hater. I'm a professional hater. hater. Um, and so well, let's get let's all give him a, a round of a wet fart. Mud flippers. Oh, Mud flippers uh. for you all day long. Um, guys, I'm really excited to to talk today. Oh, I know. I'm really pumped. This is gonna be my favorite my favorite episode ever. I can't. This is going to be my favorite episode ever. Yes, I'm positive. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, we haven't even gotten into it yet. Oh my god, I'm going to kill him. (laughs) Um, I did say when we did Michelangelo that it was my favorite, but I think this one is going to surpass that. Um, Oh, but you know what? Before we even hop into that, guess what? I have the art history, um, this moment of time of the week of of the past. What are we calling this segment now? I don't know. We had a name for it. This week on Art History's Past. Art History. Fart History's Past. Um, this, this, this week in 1937, the National Gallery in Washington, D.C. opened up. Oh! Uh, yeah. I have no facts, woo. no questions, just that was it. Has anyone ever been there before? No. 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 I've been there. <laughs> I really loved it. I had a good time. Um... I looked like a little thotty, so I, I was looking at pictures to post, and I was like, I can't post any of these. That's funny. Um, uh, oh my God, I'm sorry. But that's that happened in our history. The Congress opened it up to save all their, you know, because it's D.C., so it's it's different than a normal art museum. I don't know how. Maybe we'll talk about it one day. But is everyone ready to hop into what we're actually going to be talking about today? Yeah. Hop on, pop. Yes. Oh, let me get started with a basic <clears throat> fart here. Okay, transition. <laughs> All right. So for today's topic, I'm going to give us a little throwback to two weeks ago, or maybe more than that, when Andrew was talking about the influence that art has on musicians. Um, just lightly, oh. he was mentioning it when he was talking about Basquiat. Bas- Bas- yes. Um, and how musicians have used his art for their covers before um or mentioned him in their songs um and then so i was i started thinking about more about cover art um itself and how that's that's a genre of art if you really think about it you know artists will make their own cover art they'll pay artists to make their cover art they'll take their own photography you know there's a whole there's a whole juxtaposition to making um making cover art and it has to kind of match the vibes of the album cover Um, art is very important i feel like people uh, sorry this is something i was thinking of a few days ago so i just wanted to like jump in here but like cover art is so important to an album like it is the first thing you Mm -hmm. see um and it like immediately once you see that you already have an idea of what the album sounds like or you should um if the album doesn't sound like what the cover art looks like you know, if the cover art has like the skeletons on it and the the name is like scratched in, um, you know, it's going to be like kind of like a hardcore album. But like if it's, um, you know, soft pop tunes or something, you'll be like, wait a minute, you know? Right. If there's like a mismatch, it's like it doesn't fit the bill for me. Yeah. And, and you know, that could be purposeful. Um, mm, but, you true. know. 
right? We don't need to get into that right now. No, but you, this is exactly what I want to think about, too, while we're listening to this. And um, I just, like, that's the first thing I notice. And if I don't like the cover art of something, I am such, like, so less inclined to listen to something if I don't like the right. album art. But the, on the other side is, like, if I really like the album art, I love, I love, the, I usually love to listen to those things. And sometimes if I am, like, I can't tell if I like this album by this artist better or this album by that same artist better. Sometimes the cover art will, like, sway me. Especially the first thing I mm. think of right now is, like, the Flaming Lips. Like, like they're, they're different album covers. Like, sometimes I think I rank them in my head based on which album cover I like more because I love all their album covers. Mm. Um, well, Yoshimi's got to be number one. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Does, does anyone have, like, a favorite album cover of all time that they can think of Ooh, the first one i don't know if this would actually be my favorite this is just the first one that comes to mind but uh you're dead by flying lotus oh right oh that one is crazy awesome well okay so this episode is going to be very interactive i have a lot of like things for you guys to pick your little brain so i'm glad that andrew you started jumping in right away because that's what i need oh i'm jumping i'm all over the place no no i'm glad andrew andrew said i got something to say and it was that's and then he said it and he said he said did not say sorry i won't say it he said it and that's what i wanted um so then I started feverishly researching album art from other famous works of art that were already established, you know, so things that have already existed. And then um, these musicians have borrowed that art for their albums. Um, there's a lot online about Warhol's bananas that were done by the Velvet Underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then a lot about David Bowie using Keith Haring's art for some of his work. Um and so I, I was just looking through all those, but I kept thinking that there was this one album that I kept coming back to in my head, and I was picturing an older piece of art. It wasn't it wasn't pop art. It wasn't newer from the '80s or anything. It was an old piece of art that was for like a folky band. And I was trying to think. I was like, what what piece of art? It's a piece of art I love. Wait, piece of art I love, and it's a and it's an album that I love by musicians that I love. Um, and then and then it hit me. Andrew, you have a guess? I'm guessing. Yes, Sweet Foxes. Yes! Wow! You were on it. Um, and what's crazy is, I don't even know why I didn't think to do this earlier, is that um, this this album cover is, is a piece that I've had to take extensive classes on in college because I, did, I had a, a minor in art history, and that art history minor was in Flemish art, which, you know, we'll get into. Um... But this is not just any Fleet Foxes album. This is their debut studio album with under their same. What's the word? Epopon- eponymous. Ep- eponymous. I think. Epon- yeah. yeah. So, so it's Fleet Foxes. Fleet Foxes. You know, it's like this is a big deal, and they chose to make their cover art a piece by one of my favorite Flemish artists of all time, um, Pieter Bruegel the Elder. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Hold on, he had The Elder in his title? Yeah. I a, love that. A lot of artists from from Flanders um, had that, like, The Elder, The Younger, um, the, the Something. The Bitch. When the I get bitch. old, I want, I want, <laughs> Austin, I want the people bitch. to call me The Elder. <laughs> Please refer to me as that. Andrew Hans, The Elder, Leanne Austin, The Bitch, what am I? Courtney, The... Soderholm the loser. Oh. 
Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god! It took you so long. I'm not offended anymore. <laughs> I have I, time to recover. I, well, <laughs> I wanted to like I was gonna stop myself from saying it, then I was like, nah, I'm already too in. Too no, I'm already in. saying it. The educated. <laughs> I was gonna say the edger. Oh. The edgy. <laughs> the <What>? edging. <laughs> what? The um. edging. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the emo girl. <laughs> uh, that's oh, there's a title in there somewhere. I'm sensing it already. I'm mm, getting title mm, from it's this. It's giving <laughs> title. This is uh, giving title for sure. Art farts the title. <laughs> um. Okay. So again, I've mentioned it a dozen times. I only have a very small minuscule, minuscule, minuscule experience with the art history world, which is why I'm qualified to be an idiot. Um. But the what I do know is entirely focused on Netherlandish and Flemish art. Um, so this is the one kind of topic that I, that I can kind of pop off, pop my pussy off in. Um, <laughs> Ooh, okay. the, the pussy popper. <laughs> Courtney, the pussy popper. Um, and, and I really love talking about Flemish art because I think it's a genre of art that's widely acknowledged in today's media and pop culture, but it's not often talked about in further detail. So before I talk about this specific artist, before I talk about the piece and how it deals with music and everything, just want to give a little background on the this area at this time. Hey, um, what was sorry? What was dude's name again? His name is Pieter Bruegel the Elder, and I'll kind of get into his name a little uh, bit too because he's changed it before. Um, I looked up Peter Luger the El- Elder <laughs> and got Peter Luger Steakhouse. So. <laughs> Yeah, he owns a steakhouse now. He's alive still. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so I'm not very good at geography. So this information based on like location is not going to be correct. I already can tell. Um, but just from my general understanding, Flanders was a country um, that was part of South Netherlands region, um, which is now Belgium. So Flanders doesn't exist anymore technically. It's now Belgium. It's South, South Belgium, I think. Um and, and Flanders still exists, it's just an area, not a country. It's an area within Belgium. Um, specifically, it's the Dutch-speaking area, which makes sense because it used to be the Netherlands. Um, so that's that. So, currently, the Netherlands is all called Holland. So if you just hear me mention anything like Flemish, Dutch, Netherlands, like, they're just all kind of the same area... In, essentially in this time. Yeah. Like, not literally, but, like, kind of. Um, for, uh, for this, this purpose. <laughs> for, for us, they're all the same. Um, and the, Flanders was a big deal in the 15th and 16th centuries because that's where Antwerp was located. It was a large port city that was considered the sugar capital of Europe for a while. Um, so there was a lot of fucking money coming in and out of that city. A lot of people, a lot of trade... Um, and so with all this trade and these things coming in, people coming in, there is a whole lot of art, which makes sense. We know that when there's a lot of money and a lot of like culture, there's going to be a lot more art there. Um, and Flemish art was especially special because it was primarily done with oil paint, which was still a newer invention at this time. Um, and also we know that art kind of started as like a religious, or not started, that's a whole debate, but art was... Primarily religious themes in Europe, especially up to this time. Um, so Flanders, you know, they had some of those religious motifs, 
that were still of importance, but they weren't just painting religious themes. Um, there was a lot of, of, you know, like still life painting and, and outdoor painting and um, another, another genre of painting that I'm going to talk a little bit more about. Also, when they were painting things from the Bible, it wasn't always biblically, biblically accurate. It was just like, like they would have like, a, a, you know, people at a party and then it would be like, and there's Jesus Christ as a baby. Like they'd have like a little, like, like a little bit in there or something. Um, so there was a lot of paintings that were being done by modern life is what they, what they like to say. And I think the most famous artists from this time in this area um, were ones like Jan Van Eyck, who our first episode was, or not first, but our first topic episode was on. Um, Peter Paul Rubens, which Leanne mentioned last week. And then Hieron- Hieronymus Bosch, um, who mm-hmm. I think became most relevant and memefied in our current modern culture. Um, he's the artist who painted the triptych called The Garden of Earthly Delights. If you want to take the moment now to look that up. Um, it's Bosch, B-O-S-C-H, The Garden of Earthly Delights. I doubt you have not, this is going to be your first encounter with it. This is a very famous painting. Um, it depicts three paintings um, on a triptych. It's Earth, Heaven, and Hell. Um, and I think it became really popular in today's time for the really weird, wacky, and creepy depictions of all the creatures and humans and, like, weird shit's going on, like birds swallowing humans whole and, like, People are, like, shoving poles up each other's butts. Um, I mean, in middle school, I really wanted the Doc Martens that had this piece of art on them. I wanted them so badly, and I think it was because they were all over Tumblr. Um, so, Bosch is a great artist to delve further into, and I highly suggest someone does soon. But that's not what I have planned for us today. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure, Andrew, I feel like you have an inclination to, to like Bosch's art. Yeah, I um, it's a little bit surreal. Um, I feel like it's a little bit, a tiny bit surrealist before surrealism was really even a thing. Right, um, it's like above its time. Yeah, a little. It's a, I don't know. I like you know. I like sort of the images of like. I don't know. I like wacky creatures. I used to draw wacky creatures all the time in my agenda pad, um, in school. Oh, I remember. So just like wacky little creatures, you know. Andrew would draw them on the whiteboard in class, and it'd always be so scary. And people would always hate me for it. <laughs> I did not hate him, but I was scared. He hated me for it. No, I had a signature one called the Flubin, which I'll have to. Well, I, I know. know. Maybe I'll draw one and uh, we'll put it as a picture. The yeah, the Flubin. The Flubin. Oh, no Flubin. Flubin. No, it's got to be. I wasn't in classes with you guys, so I was spared from. I'll draw one and then we can use You've it for the it pictures before. for the Instagram. I repressed it. There's no way you haven't seen it before. Oh, you've seen the flubin. <laughs> so, Bosch will be for a different time. I today want to talk about Pieter Bruegel the Elder, an artist on the outside who might not seem as quirky and wacky as Bosch, but actually has a lot of secrets up his sleeve. Um, just for spelling purposes, you have it now. It is. Peter, it's like Peter, but there's an I in front, so P-I-E-T-E-R. And then the thing about Bruegel is that it used to be B-R-U-G-E-L, but he actually changed it because he wanted more people to, like, have an easier time with pronouncing it, I guess. So it changed to, like, I think it's, 
I don't even have it written down, but I think it's B R U E G B R U E G E L. Yep, that's right. And then it's the elder. Oh, Pieter Bugle. Bugles. Um, but it is very important that you put the elder, and you'll you'll find out why later. Um, so, but I'm going to start with a little bit of background on this guy before I talk more about the piece itself. So, Pieter was a printmaker and a painter who mainly studied genre art. Which remember before I was talking about like this modern new type of art. Um, it was new for this time, and genre art was all about painting real-life stuff. It was about painting everyday life. Um, painting peasants and merchants and mothers and workers and housekeepers. Um, it wasn't about portraiture for kings and queens. It was about people doing their thing, whatever their thing was, in real time. Um, and so there, it was not much religious motifs. Um, sometimes, they're, again, they were sprinkled in there. But um, it was just really about your average Flemish citizen. So... No one who had a lot of money. Um, it was just like, you know, working class. Um, I think the most famous example of genre art that kind of like has lived on is Vermeer, who did The Girl with the Pearl Earring. But what mm. his real true genre art is, is painting things like The Milkmaid, which is also mm. a famous one by him where, you know, she's, she's a milkmaid and she's just in the kitchen doing her thing. Um, but fun fact, Bruegel was actually the pioneer for this art movement. He started this genre art, um, which is really funny considering that he was a printmaker for almost all of his life. Um, when he was studying when he was younger and practicing art as a career and getting paid for it, he was a printmaker until his last decade of his life when he decided to become a painter. So his what painting career was like 10 years? Yeah. That's crazy. And we're talking about him now. Right? And the fact that, like, what? go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just want, what does a printmaker do? Like, how do they make prints back then? Do they, like, make the books and stuff since, like, so that's actually. Yeah, like, what do they do? No, they print? so printmaking back then and for Flemish art, if you guys know anything about Durr, D-U-R-E-R. He's, like, kind of classic. Oh, yeah, Durr. Yeah. Oh, yep. <laughs> it's, it's all about wood carving and linoleum cutting and um, making prints for for infographical information. So, um, uh, okay. I think Durr's most famous. And this is actually a cool, uh, this is a side side piece. This is my side piece. Um, Antwerp. Since oh, you it's got a, a side piece. So, yeah, this is my side piece. Durr and I... Don't call me that. Oh, oh, oh. <gasps> oh, no. I've been outed. Wait, where's the boo? Click a fart, honestly. Welcome to Courtney's late night talk show. It's, it's, it's in the contract. I can't say no to it. Welcome to Courtney's late night talk show. This is the part of the show where I accidentally clicked my late night talk show button and I can't undo it. We're joined here tonight by Leanne and Andrew, which is kind of embarrassing. Woo! I'll be embarrassed. Tonight we're going to talk about side pieces. Oh, who's your side piece? The deafening silence from both of us. That's your side piece? <laughs> yeah. I thought she was asking you. What? Who's your side piece? I don't have any. I don't have a main piece. Thank you, everyone, for joining tonight. Let's get back into the farts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
fart board right now. I'm I have a cheat sheet and I'm pressing wrong shit. Still. Every time I'm like, hold on, I gotta make a cheat sheet for the fart board. <laughs> I need to tattoo it on my arm. Um, what if it changes? <laughs> no, it's staying. My God, I did I did request billions of farts from Evan, so that should be coming. Um, can't you just like tape tape it and like label it? No, I do. I keep it in the same spot every day. All the time. Like, on the buttons, but I, I don't want to... Oh, oh, on the buttons, no. Because we're not always using it for fart stuff. Sometimes Evan is using... It's oh, his true. possession. Yeah. There's a, there's multiple options for this fart board, but we use it for fart board only. Because <laughs> we're fucked. <laughs> In the head. In the butts. That's true. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're fucked. In the butts. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> My legs on the line. <laughs> no, it's in my butt. <laughs> um, I was about to say my little fun side piece. I oh, I remember now. So because Antwerp was at Port City, um, and I said, you know, trade was coming in and out, it was like random things. So they always had like animals <laughs> visiting. And so the first time like people in Europe saw a rhinoceros was because it was on a boat traveling through Antwerp, and so Durr was like, oh my god, make way, make way, and, like, like drew the, the rhinoceros, and then, like, made a ton of prints, like, using carving of the rhinoceros, and then, like, it got distributed, so everyone, like, in Europe was like, oh, look at this animal, now I can see that this animal exists, and it looks like this, and that's oh, just how whoa. things worked, yeah. they've never seen a rhino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, wow. and I got to see the real thing, the first print in real life once, and it was so cool. You like, were there? No, I, and at UVM they had, like, you could go, they, like, could, they had certain things, like, on record that people have, like, bought, and so we went to, like, a little back room, and they, like, took it out of this, like, really fancy shit, and they, like, had to unearth it, and, like, we all just stood around it, and it was so cool. Aw. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I digress. That's what printmakers kind of did. They were just making things to kind of educate people, but it was also an art form at the same time. So pretty cool. Um, but yeah, his last 10 years were of of his painting career. And which is crazy because I feel like this happens a lot is like, that's what he's remembered for. Like we like the things we see are his are his paintings. And that's that was only 10 years of his life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he, he lived in Antwerp. He, he, like, studied in other places in Europe, maybe maybe France. I think Italy, mostly. Um, and then moved back, became a printmaker. And then later, I guess, I don't know how he changed into painting, but he did. Um, and he was a member of the Antwerp Painters Guild, even. But he was often, like, not liked by everyone and not be- for the usual reasons. He wasn't... He wasn't unliked because he was a bad guy. He was unliked because he wasn't considered to be smart or scholarly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, his, like, biggest thing was that he didn't know Latin, and everyone else did, and they were always like, ha, oh, you don't know Latin? Um, so embarrassing. Right? And it's funny because some of his, like, printmaking and some of his paints had, like, Latin inscriptions, and he had to, like, have his friends come and, like, write them because he, like, yeah, didn't know Latin. Google Translate for that? Yeah. Um... He got married fairly late in life, too, so I guess he had no bitches, and which might have made him, like, also not necessarily the, the coolest guy among everyone in Antwerp. Um, but he did have three kids in a pretty short span of time, so... Do you happen to know what age he got married at? I'm just curious. Well, he... So, 
We may just not know. Yeah, the times yeah. are, are, like, you know, it's hard to find exact times at this time. He only lived to be about 40. Oh. And he, like, became a painter when he turned, like, 30. I think he got married maybe when he was, like, 32. Okay. So, uh, he, Well, look, at, I have the, like, about page open on yeah. Google. Yeah. They have, like, um, a says proximate? He, yeah, it says he was married uh, 1563 uh, to 1569. Oh, so pretty late which, into his... Which is when he death. died. Yeah, I was going to say, he didn't, like, get divorced or anything, so... Oh, was that a spoiler? Were you going to save that? I was going to mention his death, but it's okay. But we know can, that he died. Evan, Evan can beep that out. He's dead? No, 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 don't worry. Because I, I did it, I was like, no, I'll say it now. I chose to say he's dead. Um... He, he did not live long, but we'll, we'll get in there. But, um, he had three kids, and it's, he had a daughter who, no one really knows what happened to her. He had two sons who also became famous painters. Um, and this is when I was going to mention he died. But unfortunately, he did not live long, he did not live long enough to train them, because they were very young. You know, so he died, like, when they were, like, six and seven or whatever. Um... But it's kind of funny because they paint almost identically to how he painted. Um, both of them. Wow. One of them, I forget their fucking names. The other one's called Pierre Bruegel the Younger. Oh. Um, who's also, you know, they're both famous, though. Is he a poser? Like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a poser. Well, actually, and I will get into that, too. He's a little bit of a poser. Um, what the f- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's pretty cool that they they paint. They didn't learn from him, but they paint just like him. Yeah. So it really seems like it's in their blood. Um, and I also did see that Bruegel was living in Antwerp at the time of that big fire that I've been talking about for weeks now that I couldn't remember where it happened. <laughs> but now I have to save that for a different time. Um, but something just I had to mention that to bring up my last point about him um, is that this I, I think this sums him up pretty well. Right before he died. So I'm guessing he was sick and he knew he was going to die. But right before he died, he grabbed his wife and he told her, he said, you need to burn some drawings. You need to burn prints and you need to burn some of my art. And she was like, what? Why? And he was like, they're too sarcastic. And I'm scared that people are going to come and harm you and my kids because they'll think you're responsible for them. Um, And so people were like, what did that mean? Like, what's that mean? And apparently they think that he was like, talking out against the government at the time and he was like being politically like adverse in a climate of very sharp tension because people were like very aristocratic at this time and he was like for the working class um so they he was like you have to burn them I don't want you guys to get hurt which is I feel like that sums him up um he just he really cared about shedding light on the working class and making them feel like they were worthy of art too um and he had these ideas against the Flemish government. He didn't necessarily think you needed to have all these, all this education. Um, and the Painters Guild probably wouldn't be happy with a lot of his thoughts, which is why he had to burn some of his art himself. Um, wow. So that's that's little Peter Bruegel. But now I'm going to talk about the piece. I love him. I love him. <laughs> I love him. I love him. Um. Okay. So, I want to talk about this specific piece because, one, the details are so fucking cool, but two, I think that this is interesting that Fleet Foxes not only uses their painting entirely unedited, like, there's nothing, it says Fleet Foxes on it, that's That's it. crazy. Debut album. Their first ever studio album. I know Sun Giant existed, but that's an EP. This is, like... The self-titled. The self-titled. Like, this is it. 
Um, so while I was getting re-familiar with him and his pieces, his pizza, um, I was also noticing a lot of other paintings that I've definitely seen on other albums before. So then I was like, oh, is this like, is he used a lot for music? Found a website where there's hundreds upon hundreds of albums featuring Peter Bruegel's artwork. Hundreds. What is hundreds upon hundreds? Um, I can send. It's called rateyourmusic.com slash list slash Mr. Teeth slash cover art by Peter oh, Bruegel the Elder. Yeah. So you can sort by like what artist made. So they're listed. Or just specifically him. Just him. You can go to him, and then they're listed chronologically. Where it's like it will say his piece, and then it lists chronologically how many albums have used his art before. And a lot of them are like orchestral music or like music from like the 1800s. Like a lot of it is not music that we see. Um, like I didn't recognize a lot of it. But there are some bigger, bigger artists that have used his work, specifically um, Monty Python. Um, the uh-huh. the album Another Monty Python Record is. There's a work by Bruegel. It is scribbled out because of, like, that was, like, the whole bit. Um, it was, like, originally taken from a Beethoven record with the same piece on the cover. But they did use it. Um, Black Midi uses his art. Really? Which uh, Black Midi? Um, a new one. A newer one. I I didn't look in... I did not look too much into it. Um, also, the punk band Titus and Dronicus. I can never say this. You know this punk oh, yeah. band? Yeah. That's a, I have a cool story about that later, too. Um, but what I'm here to talk about is this one piece that goes by many names. Oh, so, yeah, I love that anime. Sorry. Oh, fuck off. Evan's going to love that one. What? Yeah, Evan's going to love that. That uh, one's for Evan. Oh. <laughs> um... So I'm, ta- I'm going to talk about this one piece that goes by many names, um, but I'm going to refer to it as what I think it might most famously be called the Netherlandish Proverbs, a- a.k.a. Flemish Prover- Proverbs, a.k.a. the Blue Cloak, a.k.a. the Topsy-Turvy World, a.k.a. the Folly of the World. Those are all the possible names you can find for this this painting. Wait, if I want to find it, what do I type in right now? What the one we're gonna be referring it to? Yeah, the Netherlandish proverbs. There it yeah, is. Yeah, I found I found it with that. Okay. Yeah, it will come up with any of these names. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about this painting first, but I do not want anyone to describe it yet. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't dare. So this. Okay. Painting, so there's no, paint no, no, on no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> this paint. I'm gonna boo you. I, no, I can't risk it. This. <laughs> this painting was dated 1559, um, and there are actually 16 reproductions of it, which are slightly different in variation um, of like what you're seeing on this page. Um, and those were completed by his son, Pieter Bruegel the Younger. So there's, there's one original, and then there's 16 copies done by his son. Um, Okay, now quickly, I don't want you guys to go into too much detail, but just loosely, what what are you seeing here? Yo, I'm there's Chaos. so there's a lot of things to look at. It's like a big scene of like a town almost. So what I'm currently zoomed in on is what I believe to be a man with no pants, upside down, wrangling a donkey. Um, now where the hell are you seeing that? So <laughs> if you, that's so fair. Like, almost right in the middle, but if you were oh, to wait. pan... 
to the right just slightly and zoom in at the top. It literally now, looks like say, he's wall twerking. You, I, I you think can't he, miss I it. think he's wearing pants. Oh, I the, saw penis. Yeah, I'm looking at penis? cock. Yeah, we see. Oh, cock. maybe. We can. We're getting a real big zoom on it. At least one ball. I promise you, there will be naked people in this picture. I am also looking at a man pressing his bare butt against the door behind this man. But uh, aside from that, there's also just so many like people in horror next to them. Completely different situation going on in the house next door. Someone shooting what it looks like to be maybe a gun, arrows. Um, it, um a yeah, it's really <laughs> just kind of a lot of chaos. There's a big fire in the background, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, there's some person like with his arms outstretched and his face on a on a plank. <laughs> Is that a dead sheep right there? Uh, we'll get into details, but I like that chaos is a great word to describe this yeah. piece. There's a lot of people. Everyone, and there's they all are actively doing something, and they look like they're in distress. All of them. They're a bunch of sinners, is what they are. They and you, a oh, lot of them are. Um, so, so again, you know, <laughs> Peter Peter Bruegel, the elder, is famous for painting these genre these genre pieces. So that means that he's painting everyday life. He's painting people doing everyday things. These these images do not necessarily seem like everyday things, right? I, no. I do most of this every day, but <laughs> I, I understand that the average person might not. I rarely see hooved animals. <laughs> so the thing is, this piece is really incredible because it actually features 126 or more um, Netherlandish proverbs. Um... None of which Peter ever catalogs, which means he never says, okay, this is what these are. It's actually just been the viewer's job this whole entire time to find and interpret all the little images and clues. Um, So just for continuity of explaining things, a proverb in this case is just like an idiom, um, an expression that means something different than the literal spoken phrase. So the best example is it's raining cats and dogs, um, which means it's raining really hard. Is that happening anywhere in this? No. So that's an English idiom. It's raining cats and dogs. And these are all okay. Netherlandish idioms, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about now. If if Peter Bruegel was living right now in the USA and he was to make something like, like this, then maybe he would paint it, you know, cats and dogs falling from the literal sky um, to signify this, this joke. Um, but since he... It, you know, is from from this area. Um, these proverbs are not only of Dutch origin, so none of them make sense to us, but they're also from 100 years ago, so people who have been trying to figure them out, a lot of them don't make sense to anyone. They don't make sense anymore because um, they're just not, like, unless people tracked down these idioms in, in notebooks and things, it just, it, you, they get lost with time. Um so it's actually been a really cool piece for linguists to use and dissect and try to get a better understanding of this language and communication back then at this time. But we can never be certain of the direct translations. Um, and we can never be certain that we have all of the idioms. So that's why I said 126 or more. There's 126 that are identified right now, but there could be dozens of others that we're just like not picking up because we don't realize it's a joke. Wow. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm going to direct us all to the very center of the piece right now. If you remember from me saying the multiple titles of this, of this piece, one of the names 
that it's often called and almost more called is the blue cloak due to the woman in the center of the piece who is placing a blue cloak over her husband. Um, And this relates to the proverb that says she places the blue cloak on him. So that's like me saying it's raining cats and dogs. That's she places the blue cloak on him. Like, oh, there she is. She's placing the blue cloak on him again. I say that all the time. Uh, So can anyone take a guess right now what that means? Um, um, she is what makes him happy. No, she's what makes him sad because the cloak <laughs> is blue. Is the blue cloak to let people know he's fucked up? Um, you're both, you're on the right track of like a... <laughs> you're a, both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it loosely translates in English to she deceives him, but it directly translates uh, to she is cuckolding her husband. Nice. She is currently cuckolding her husband. So now I'd like to play a game. Wait. Okay. Okay. Um, and the game is called, What the Fuck Does This Mean? Yeah. A oh, game, yeah, I'm ready. A game where I pick some of the moments in this piece and have you guys work together to make the proverb and its actual meaning. Um, we'll see how close you get. Um, and for those of you who want to play at home along, check out this website with interactive pictures. Um, it will be linked in our bio, but it's essentially bruegel.analog.is. I'm going to close the window because people are screaming outside. Oh, happy Friday. I love Seattle. Okay. Closed. You just dox yourself. Oh. You just dox yourself. You, now they know what, what state you live in. Oh, my God. Okay. Andrew, you pick a scene first, and Leanne and I will find <gasps> it. Wait, this is so cool. Wait, yeah. so I say what oh, the scene you, is? I, I, I said the website name, but did you get it? Andrew? Oh, no. I should be on this website? Yeah, try that. It'll, it'll be better for you to see it. What I'm okay. looking at is like a screen. Full, well, it's the painting, but there's little dots pulsing That's on like every different scene. It's bruegel.analog.is. B-R-U-E-G-E-L. Bruegel's Bagels? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Bruegel's Bagels. I miss Bruegel's Bagels. That's so funny. Andrew's going to pick first. I'm fine. And then you can pick. Maybe uh, I won't. I'm fine. You ha- that's a game. I know. Oh, so and I, I just pick I one of these here dots. Ooh, this is so clear. But don't click on the dot. <laughs> oh, but don't click on the dot. Don't click on the dot. Just pick a scene. I didn't click on a dot, okay. but... But pick, like, an area um, of that dot. I don't like the way this works, I'll be honest. Hold on. <laughs> Leanne, you want to go first? Leanne mm-hmm. had one ready. I'm going to let Leanne go oh, first. Uh-huh. Yeah, if she's the uh-huh. one ready, let her go. Okay, so Andrew, if you can see in above, almost right above the woman with the blue in the blue cloak, there's a man holding a guy who looks like he has a tree for a face. Yeah, his face is round. He looks like his eyes are googly eyes. He's got sticks um, coming out of his head. He's holding his head. There's a man kneeling in his lap. It's under a blue pavilion. It's almost directly above the blue cloak and the woman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's your job. You guys take take a guess on what do you think the idiom is, and then we'll do meaning. Um, I don't know. It oh, looks I like this man is... just hovered over it for a sec, but I saw one word. Oh, Andrew. Just like, like be like, uh, just an idiom, like, we talk to the wood guy. Like, oh, Go talk to your scarecrow. <laughs> no, I like it. Andrew? Um, I guess you can't guess anymore. You saw... You saw I one. saw one word. Um, and it was and, scarecrow. And, you know, 
I won't even use it in my thing. Um, don't suck off the stick head. Love it. And what do you guys think? What does your what does your idiom mean? Oh, don't my, seek oh, comfort from someone stupid. What do you think, oh, Andrew? Okay, I was also gonna say um, not don't take comfort, but uh, don't don't help someone stupid. Don't suck off somebody stupid. I don't like suck it. off someone stupid. Yeah, don't. Honestly, love that. Honestly, standards. So the. The original is to confess to the devil. So this is a picture of the devil. And Ew. the meaning is to reveal secrets to one's enemy. So he's telling them little secrets. Uh, he's whispering secrets to the ugly The word I saw was confess. Devil. Oh, God. Shit. Andrew, you go next. Wait, how are we okay. going to... Don't worry. My screen went all, all yellow because right. I have no Wi-Fi. Oh, what oh. happened? I need my little phone. Oh, true facts. Zoom out, please. Zoom out, please. Yesterday, I had a um, moment where I was like, oh, my God, we forgot to record our, like, our weekly things. Like, what have we what have we been listening to or talking about? And then I was like, we didn't even record the, the whole <laughs> podcast. Where am I? Um, anyway, we're ready okay, for you, so Andrew. I'm going to pick the... I mean, I got to pick... I, what I believe is an ass hanging out a window there. Yes, absolutely. Fuck yeah. Okay, what do you think it means? I'm gonna simply say, I mean, pretty simple one. Don't I mean, shit I, where you bathe. I was gonna say not not the. I was gonna say, yeah, you're supposed to do do the idiom first. So you're you're saying the idiom is don't shit where you bathe. Yes. Okay, Liam. What do you think the idiom is? This idiom. Yeah. Um, and then Andrew, tell me what you think the meaning is. Um, so I think the meaning is just like you know, don't fuck up something that you will have to deal with like every day. You know, don't. It's like don't shit where you eat. You know. Mm. Do we think I have something controversial to say? Is that a butt? You can take whatever. You to want me, to I not to disagree, but it looks like somebody's knees. It looks like somebody's on their knees, but then they like broke through the wall and their knees are breaking through the wall so honestly i can't tell because of the circle is on it so it just you know don't don't worry about what you think just to, well, i what, know but that's important to me thinking about my idiom oh, um, um don't kneel out the wall <laughs> and what do you think that means <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> she's thinking so hard which is hard for me <laughs> Um. Don't, don't get comfortable, comfortable somewhere Ooh. bad. Ooh, like oh, it. Okay. Do you, do you guys want to know what it actually is? Yeah. No. So, yeah. There are actually two people, and they are two butts. So, <gasps> oh, I thought it was two, two butts. Each knee is a little butt, and that's us. The, the saying is, they both crap through the same hole. And it means that they're inseparable comrades. Wow. <laughs> Courtney! Wait, I love this. That'd be a fun tattoo to get with somebody oh, who you, like, you're yeah. ride or die. I mean, I guess you would each just get an identical tattoo. It's not, like, one half to the other half. I'm going to I'm gonna pick one that I... I don't remember most of these, so I'm going to pick one now. Um, 
Oh. I'm gonna pick the one where there is a fire in the back. Um, and yeah. there's so there's a fire. It's like a building on fire in the background, like Andrew was saying before. And there's a man who is holding like almost like he wants to hug the fire, like he's warming himself up, but he is not wearing any shoes. So I'm gonna say this means the idiom is toes. Toes out to hug your fire. That's the idiom. Get your toes out to hug your fire. Um, okay, and what does that mean? I'm going to say that means that you should really be vulnerable and open up to someone um, if you're going to if you're going to spill anything. And let's see. It <laughs> to <laughs> the idiom is to not care whose house is on fire as long as one can warm itself at the. At the blaze. Oh, that makes sense because his little hands are out. Like, he's warming him little yeah. self. Him little self. <laughs> it says to take every opportunity regardless of the consequences to others. So, someone's house is on fire and he's like, I don't care. I'm just getting warm right now. I won't put it out because it's nice. Oh, I thought he was putting it out. Should we choose one more? Yeah, I like this. Let's see. Do we collectively see one we are like, what the hell's going on? I say yeah as if I communicated with either of you. People were caring about these sheep, right? Someone, yeah. Which sheep did you like? Um, there's a few. Oh, the sheep? The one that's bound with his little feet and hands all tied together. Okay. I think more so because I need to find peace. Is he okay? <laughs> uh, any guesses on... Anyone want to just say what they think the idiom might... Like, what it would be? Don't bind your sheep. <laughs> Andrew, what you got? Bound sheep make no peep. <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say stuck on the legs, um, never again. (laughs) Moment moment on their lips, lifetime on their hips. Okay, uh, and I think this means um, it's better to be bound up than being have your little hair cut. (laughs) Anyone anyone have any guesses for what it means? I I think that bound sheep make no peep means um, (laughs) that you should make sure that no one that anyone who knows your secrets you have leverage over them um, <gasps> so they can't oh. tell your secrets wait this is good oh. again what do you think it is um don't do that <laughs> don't <laughs> oh it means to be as gentle as a lamb someone who is exceptionally calm or gentle what? But they just tied the sheep up. If he was common or gentle, they would not have needed to tie yeah, him up. Maybe that's why they had to tie him up, because he wasn't common gentle think you anymore. Need to, you need to calm the elk down. There is a woman strangling like a devil type thing. Oh, I like almost didn't even want to look at that, but my interpretation is that the man, the three individuals who are going crazy are us... And then that weird mangled demon is art farts, and it looks... Oh, so that is a, that is a demon. Uh, I don't know. I'm I mean, not, a demon thing. I'm not putting that on the record, but as far, like, I'm if I were oh, yeah. to see that, I'd be like, yeah, that's a demon. He yeah, has crazy teeth. Sure. He looks like he's been bleeding. I'm going to say the idiom that's a, is... That's an imp. I'm going to say the idiom is, <laughs> tie up your demons. <laughs> um, I'm going to say a demon in cloth is worth... She's got his knee on him. A lot. <laughs> What about you, Leanne? <laughs> Leanne looks sick to her stomach. I'm like, what could they possibly <laughs> want me to know from this? Tie him up. 
tie them up. <laughs> okay. Tie and mine up. means tie them up. <gasps> to be able to tie even the devil to a pillow. And it means obstinacy. I don't know what this word means. Obstinacy overcomes everything. Hold on. We'll look up obstinacy. Oh, she's tying him to a pillow. I thought it was a ladybug for some reason. I literally thought she was just trying to strangle him <laughs> with a cloth. What is it? Obstinacy? Ob- obstinacy. Obstinacy. The quality or condition of being obstinate. All right, what the fuck? Stubborn. Okay, great. Stubbornness overcomes everything. Uh oh, don't tell Andrew that. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Certified hater, certified stubborn, stubborner, or certified this thing. Certified stubborn. Certified hater. lover boy. Certified lover boy. Um. So again, you're like he did genre art. Why the hell would he paint all this wacky stuff all here? Did I already say the whole thing about how like? No, I didn't. He painted all this because this does represent the, the human condition. This is the people. This is their modern day life. Their people are imperfect and they do these little things and they have these little like sayings and this like little life lessons. This is a little life. Uh, <laughs> you got little life. You got little life. Um, so it really is all about being human. This is like a genre piece in itself. Um, and he and he said himself. That this depicts the absurdity, wickedness, and foolishness of humans, but not like in a derogatory way, more in like a fun, fun little lighthearted way. Did you guys like that piece? What do you think? I really enjoyed that. I um, love that. There was so much to look at, and like there was so much that we knew about it. So many little silly things that they could tell us about it, right? Like something. This. Go ahead. Um. Well, there's just something that's bothering me a little, and it's the fact that there is seemingly. In in a, in that square hole in the wall, there's a very creepy face that seems yeah. like it's splitting into two faces, and there's no circle on it, as in like they have no idea what this means. Isn't that like upsetting too? Wait, like which one? It, a, it is upsetting in the building. I and I'm hoping like as time goes on, like maybe more and more will come out about like. But thing is, is like the this area doesn't even technically. Like, like Flanders doesn't exist as a country anymore, so there's a lot of things unknown. It's in the, um, like, barn building. Ah, oh, I see. That one? Yeah, it's, yeah, that looks like two faces splitting in two. Mine was the, if you go up, up, up to the main building, and you look in the little window above the joke, there's nice two people kissing. <laughs> There's there's actually in the dark in the attic. There's some that don't have circles that I remember learning about in class. So maybe maybe later maybe. I can look I can look up at my notes back in the old day. Contact this website. Say I have an edition that you didn't make, but I, I have a scholarly note. I have for something you. to say. I have something to say. Andrew, can you hear me? Us? Yes. Okay. Phew. I got scared. My phone lit up. Um. Okay. So let me finish up this little episode with. So why did Fleet Foxes decide to use this piece as their debut album art? Um, Vocalist and guitarist Robin Pecknold said that when you first see the painting, it's very bucolic. But when you take a closer look, there's all this really strange stuff going on, like dudes defecating coins in the river and people on fire, um, people carving a live sheep, this weird dude who looks like a tree root sitting around with a dog. There's all this really weird stuff going on, and I like that the first impression is that it's just pretty, and then you realize the scene is actually weird chaos, which is exactly true. Because when I look at the Fleet Foxes album, I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's so beautiful." And then I realize what painting it was. I'm like, "Wait, this is like I'm like there are mad demons in here, right?" 
Um, and so he said, I like that you can't really take it for what it is, that your first impression of it is actually wrong. Hmm. I like that. And then later, someone else from the band said that, um, we were, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, and my brother had been working out some stuff, like some art to put on, on the page, but then I saw the Bruegel painting in a book that my girlfriend had, and I really liked it. I thought it was very intriguing, and there's a little story to each scene, so I thought it was really fitting for a record dense but unified mm. not a collage or anything it's like where's waldo quality that it was something you could look for at a long time on a vinyl sleeve and find new little things it was very easy to get in the mu- to get the museum in berlin to say yes to letting us use it they were super excited a band wanted to use it and put it in their newsletter and when you open it up on the inside um they're then they're talking about the, the vinyl itself they're saying that they like contrasted this idea with like a very floral pattern on the inside because they wanted to oh, actually have the have the vinyl that, no way. that's really cool you can look at that um that's like such a cool concept they're like yeah you're listening to this and you can just sit and look at the art on the album right cover. and it's true it like looks so pretty it's like there's so much it's like where's waldo yeah like the i spy books so there's oh. something a little funny though is that titus and dronicus <laughs> who also featured a brugal piece on their debut album also their debut album um, released their album only a mere few weeks before Fleet Foxes. Each band had no idea that each other was going to be using art from the same artist at the same time. <sighs> and then it came out and I was like, holy shit, did we both just use Peter Bruegel the Elder as our, our first ever Dubé <laughs> debut album? Dubé. Holy shit, do we have to merge bands? <laughs> right? Um, so that's just a cool fact, and it's going to bring me to my last game, which I like to call Peter Bruegel quote or a line from a Fleet Foxes song. All you're right. so good. Okay, so you're. I'm going to say something, and you're going to tell me, okay, it's Peter Bruegel or it's Fleet Foxes. Okay, we'll start pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, if I know only one thing is that everything I see of the world outside is so inconceivable, often I can barely speak. You know, I I don't know direct Fleet Foxes Bugle. quotes well enough, but I'm going to say Bugle for that one. That one is Fleet Foxes. All right. Ugh. Rough start. Rough start. Damn it. Okay. Damn it. Because the world is so faithless, I go my way in mourning. Bugle. I'm going to say Fleet Foxes for that one. That one is Bugle. Leanne got it. Shit. Ha. Okay. Next one. The earlier mountain wilderness signal the sanctity. Signal the sanctity. The early mountain. Fleet foxes. Ma'am, I'll go with foxes. Rugal. Boo. Fuck. <laughs> Fox. On the Sorry. Sh- on the shore, speak to the ocean and receive silence. If I say fleet foxes for everyone, I'll be right eventually. Fleet foxes. I'll say bugle. Fleet foxes. <laughs> okay. Uh, the forest far from the mun- mundane and familiar world of the city. Bugle. That's- Foxes. Bugle. Bugle. What is his name? Bugle. That's so funny Bruegel. that we've said bugle Wait. at least ten yeah, times. Yeah, right? Bugles are those little tiny ice cream cone looking chips. They're so good. You put them on yeah. your fingers and pretend you're an E.T. That's what I do. <laughs> okay. I don't, why would you um, do that? You hate E.T. I know, right? But it was a way to cope. Because you hate E.T. <laughs> yeah. I have a few more. In dearth or in excess, both the slave and the empress will return to the dirt. Dearth? Uh, yes. Oh. But I'm going to say foxes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, 
I don't know what I've done. I'm turning into a demon. Brugal. Uh, Brugal. Fleet foxes. Oh my god. Ah. Begotten, not made, element in man. Fleet bugle. That's Brugal. That's Brugal. Fleet Brugal. So I'm right. <laughs> and that is my game. Isn't that crazy how they kind of do sound similar? Like, mm, I'm scared. I was like, this won't, I was like, I really want to do this game, but it won't work. And then I saw Brugal's quotes and I was like, no, this will fucking work. <laughs> this is perfect. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I had to share with you guys today. Thank you, Courtney. That was really fun and interactive. I like that. Wow. I, uh, I'm going to strive to make mine more interactive because I love a good, I love a good chat. I like to get a little banter, a little back and forth. A little banter. You've reigned in a new era of art farts <gasps> where it's where it's going to be more good. interactive. <laughs> where it'll be, it'll be well, uh, good might be you know a strong word. It'll be a little bit better. <laughs> what do you think about that episode, though? Do you think that could be my favorite? Oh, yeah. the rest of it sucked, but I you know that was. <laughs> oh, it's awful! It's so bad. I wanted. I wanted oh, this one. Oh. I need a little. Aww. I don't know what's been itching my scratch this week. Oh, oh yeah, it's time to itch our scratches. I am disturbed. There's nothing. You have to. You've been playing Sims. You. There's. Mm-hmm. Ian looks so upset. I'll go last. <laughs> okay, who wants to go? Andrew, you want to go first? Well, I also have nothing. You guys. <laughs> I guess we didn't. Oh no, we've recorded a whole week ago. Yeah. What do you mean? Um. Hmm. Well, oh, well, I mean, I, I guess if I were to say anything, it would just be comedy bang bang again. Yeah. What? Yeah. Say it. Say it. <laughs> comedy bang bang again. Um, I've been really eating a lot of Trader Joe's Mandarin Orange Chicken. It is one of the, it, you know more than me. Is it one of the only recipes that they actually own themselves? I've heard that before, but yeah, like I could just be starting rumors. I don't care. But um, if you're lazy and cooking dinner is really hard, bag of frozen veggies, frozen uh, mandarin orange chicken from Trader Joe's. It's just so good. They also have the vegetarian version, the morsels. For some reason, the portion is smaller. Um, a little offensive, but it's fine. Um, that's been itching my scratch. I also listened to a song called Bimbo Doll this morning by, I think, Tilla something, but, um, I don't know. I heard it on TikTok and then I Googled it uh, on my way to work, definitely not while driving, and it it was a bop. I listened to it a couple times, very hyper-feminine, if that's how you're feeling right now. Thank you, guys. Bimbo Doll. (laughs) (laughs) My, uh, my scratch has been itched this week by... The Batman movie coming out, and um, honestly, oh, come on. I'll be honest, and I'm, no spoilers, no spoilers. I didn't think it was that great of a movie, but I did give it four and a half stars on Letterboxd just for our Pat and his butthole. Um, People are going do crazy they show his butthole, or is this something that you're just passionate about? It's okay if you are. I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't want to say how I got here. I will say it. He's just so sweaty in so many scenes, and I'm like, I bet his butthole is wrecked right now. He's, oh my gosh, he showed his nipples in Twilight, and I wanted to vomit. Like, you hated that? Evan, censor all of this. Arpats, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. The nips in Twilight were disturbed. Twilight was, he didn't want that. He didn't want anything to do with Twilight. He was in pain. Um, I... 
I also love, I love Paul Dano. And so, you know, that it's my scratch as well. Um, that little freak. And I'll be honest. Listen, uh, Zoe Kravitz, I love you. What the fuck do you do in that movie? <laughs> Why get out of there? Get the hell out. Oh, um, she is so attractive. She did not good. Um, good thing I didn't see it. My memory of her is preserved. But Robert Pattinson, hit me up, because I know you're listening right now. I have a proposition about, and it's about you and your butthole. Um, you can reach us at Art Farts Podcast on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, or via email. I like that you gave him our collective <laughs> contact information rather than your personal. Listen, if you're... That we have to see this. We get to see this interaction. I know well, we have to filter fan. it out. You're going to make sure. You're not going to let me talk to him? I don't know. No, we just have to you. make sure that everything is, you know, family friendly being said between you two. He's great. Oh, yeah. But on here, well, we're having... He's joining us next week. <laughs> and we're if we can, I mean, honestly, if you can get Robert Pattinson... Pat, what, I don't if think you he can has get Paddington... On to the podcast. Robert Paddington. There's a there's a riddle in there somewhere. And not not because I just saw the Batman, I'm thinking about riddles, I just I know what? I'm always thinking about riddles. <coughs> Courtney's always thinking about riddles. <laughs> That's Leanne's last words. Um this this has been Courtney the riddle. <laughs> this has been Leanne, the answer to the riddle. <laughs> I'm Andrew the Penguin. <laughs> Don't get me started. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Be safe. Bye. 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 Bye.